not all doctors are workaholics. You know, a lot of doctors like to play, they like their free time and stuff like that. So dentistry allows you to be in a field where you can, you've got that control, where you can have that work-life balance. Today, we will have Dr. Joe Doctora joining us on our first ever episode of Tooth Untold Podcast. Dr. Joe Doctora is a board-certified oral and maxillofacial surgeon with a private practice in Nashville. He's also board-certified in the National Dental Board of Anesthesia. To top it off, he's an attending surgeon at Meharry Medical College. Join us as we talk about a day in the life of an oral surgeon. Let's get to it. And now tell them what's up. Welcome to Tooth Untold Podcast, where we interview exceptional dentists from around the world. In each episode, we probe the mind of a dentist and extract wisdom and knowledge from their experiences. Now here's your host, Kevin Zappa. Before we start, I'm actually really curious. Do you get a lot of patients that ask you about your last name? All the time, man. That, that's that's why you know I, I've got my name trademarked. You know, so um, I people remember my name. I, you you probably have seen on my Instagram. I've got a just a obnoxious sign in the front of my practice. It's Doctor Doctor Joe Doctora, and people will never forget it ever. So, um, but I, you know, I've been doing this for twenty years. So I see these these patients who come in, and they just I said they won't remember who the the, the whatever the doctor they saw the week before, but they uh, but they'll remember me. And that's just because of my name. Now I've had people look at me as far as providers on their uh, insurance, and they pick me because of my name. So, man, it helps. Whatever advantage, you know, I'll, uh, I somebody gives me, I'll take it. Yeah, definitely for sure. Putting the doctor in doctora. Now you mentioned that you've been practicing for twenty years now. Ever since you started your dental journey, have you always known that you wanted to specialize in oral and maxillofacial surgery? When I started in dental school, my intention originally was to pursue orthodontics. You know, that, that was really the, um, the catalyst for me to go to dental school was having braces as a teenager, going to the appointments. I love the environment. It was, you know, it was fun. Orthodontists are fun, kind of cool guys. And it was, it was something I wanted to do for sure. So to answer your question, no. It's it's something I discovered while in dental school, in my third year, and um, yeah, so it was it it, it just came to me, kind of halfway through. So how did you know that this was the right specialty for you? I just know me, and I, I'm I'm more of a instant gratification type person, and uh, you know, rotating through oral surgery and and seeing what those guys did. Obviously, in the, in most dental schools, they're the most looked up to specialty. So just having having you know those guys walk around and everybody, you know, knew who they were. Um, they did big cases at Michigan, a lot of cancer, and I, that was always just pretty. It's very admirable to me. So, you know, it's it became you know that this is what I wanted. And orthodontics is really exactly the opposite. You know, there's no instant gratification. It's going to be two years down the road before you see your work completed. Um, love the love the uh, aspect of pathology. I love the aspect of um, anesthesia, uh, and it was just just so many facets of oral surgery to choose from. It, I just realized it was for me. Now let's say that you were given a chance to choose another specialty. Would you do it? 
It's, I mean, there's really nothing else I would rather do, to be honest with you, in medicine or dentistry. There's just nothing. I, I think I would rather be a, maybe a, you know, I like general dentistry. I liked, I like doing restorative um, fillings and stuff like that. And uh, that, that was always interesting to me. Um, and that, that was, and your know, dental anesthesia, I think that's a brand new, that's a brand new um, specialty as of this year in the United States. So you can actually go to a residency and you can take boards and you can become board certified in that. And it's, it's, it's recognized by the Amer American Dental Association. And I love that, you know, so, so if, if I was going through today, it probably would be oral surgery and maybe dental anesthesia. Let's say I'm leaning towards oral surgery. What are the possible routes that I could take to become an oral surgeon? Well, there's a couple of routes to go. Uh, the The most traditional route when I was going through was the four-year program. There was there were there, and that was back in 1994, 1995. So it's been it's been it's going on 30 years, if you can believe it. 27 years, so crazy. Um, so you graduate dental school, and it was very competitive, and you would apply to your to your four-year residencies and and you know, matriculate and finish and take your boards and finished. There's also the six-year program. And uh, that seems to be more popular these days. And that's when you graduate dental school, you can, you can gain advanced placement uh, into a med school and then do your oral surgery kind of combined. <clears throat> so there's a couple of routes to go through, uh, but in the end, the, the, the boards are the same. You know, and um, you know, there's you can just kind of specialize in however, whatever direction you want to go into. Very, very, very broad the scope of oral maxillofacial surgery. Now, would you say that you need a medical degree to become an oral surgeon? Not necessarily. No, I mean, there's a lot of very. Uh, it depends on what you want to do, uh, but but if you want to do what I do, which is day in day out wisdom teeth and dental implants, it's entirely not necessary. Um, I think that for if you want to pursue uh, like a postgraduate fellowship, which is big, it wasn't big when I was coming out in in the late '90s. It was just it was not it's like three, you know. There wasn't that many. Now it's what every resident wants is to do a fellowship, and I think that gives you a competitive advantage if you have a dual degree. Um, but but to be in private practice, I don't think it's entirely necessary. Now, aside from the procedures that you do on the teeth and dental implants, what are the other common procedures that you perform? With me, there's, uh, so I'm associated with Meharry Medical College. It's where I did my residency. And uh, I'll get the occasional fracture there. And so there, there is some element of trauma. It's not a lot, but we do some trauma. Um, in the hospital, which I have privileges now, uh, I get the occasional trauma. Uh, so you have that, and it's really, it's very stable trauma. So it's not high-speed car accidents, gunshot wounds, things like that, that you get in the uh, the big centers. Um, so it's, you know, it's very stable, like assault, you know, fights, bar fights, stuff like that. So the patient's very stable. They can walk into my office the next day, and I could take a CT scan and plan their surgery. So uh, others are big infection cases. You know, th those are something, those are things we see as well. Uh, so space infections are a big part of private practice for me. Um, we do some orthodontics, like uh, exposed and bond of impacted canines. 
that is a pretty that's a pretty popular um, procedure. I do some Botox, a lot, you know, a lot on just mainly friends and stuff like that. So that's kind of non-surgical cosmetic type procedures. Uh, so, I, you know, those are some of the procedures uh, in addition to the teeth and, and the implants. Now, when I think of oral surgery, I think of blood, lots of blood. So could you be successful in this specialty if you get squeamish at the sight of blood? If you feel squeamish at the sight of blood and you still love and enjoy oral surgery and everything um, about it, then of course you can be successful. But the question is, 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 I mean, is that, is that compatible? You know, um, you can get over it. I mean, my best assistants have, have fainted in, in full mouth extractions and stuff like that. And uh, I, I've, I got lightheaded in the OR myself. I'm sure some people have, it's happened to before. It's maybe a, you know, a volume thing, or you didn't eat or hypoglycemia, whatever the case may be. So, so yeah, I mean, if you, if you get over it and you still like the work of, of course, of course. Uh, but if I just don't see how you would like it, if, if, if you got squeamish at the side of blood, you know, so that, that would be an interesting combination. Now, could you get past this, the feeling of being squeamish at the side of blood? Uh, you know, it's, I just, I've never really heard where you have to get past it, to be honest with you. It's almost, um, it's, it's, I guess only you would know the answer to that question. It's, it's just being around it day in, day out. Um, and, and, and you just have to ask yourself that question, you know, is, is this something I can do physically, emotionally? Um, so, so the people who tend to go into oral surgery, if they're squeamish, are not going to admit it. I'll tell you right now. You know, they're just not going to admit it. So, so don't don't have a lot of background on that, to be honest with you. But um, I guess it's just a time thing. You know, just surround yourself with it, give it time, and then and then revisit the question month, two months later. See what you say to yourself. Now, moving forward, when I picture an oral surgeon, I picture long hours at the clinic. So now, how do you maintain a sustainable work-life balance? It's, it's effort, man. It really is. It really is effort. Um, I would say where I am now, it's, 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 it requires effort, but it's doable. And, um, I think I pull it off pretty nicely, but I've got control of my, of everything. You know, my schedule has been predictable for the past five, six, seven years. My practice is very predictable. I'm the sole owner of it. So I can, I can adjust however suits me. If you're in residency um, or just starting out as an associate, um, you know, you're, you're going to be pulled in a lot of directions, no doubt about it. So, so I, I know I didn't quite have it. I mean, I'm really hitting that work-life balance now, um, but for, for a long time, it's just going to be give and take, sacrifices here, sacrifices there, uh, especially during training and, and even dental school, as you well know. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely guilty of that. Dental school has been pulling my time left and right, and I'm having difficulty balancing lecture, lab, and clinics. But I believe that, you know, it's it's hard now. But the reason why I chose dentistry was because of the work-life balance that dentists have. And, and you know, it's, it's and, and that's the nature of dentistry. You know, I mean, uh, a, a lot of people who go into dentistry tend to, are they're attracted to the lifestyle. So there's not a lot of, and I was just having a conversation like this with my nephew, not all doctors are workaholics. You know, a lot of doctors like to play, they like their free time and stuff like that. So 
dentistry allows you to be in a field where you can, you've got that control, where you can have that work-life balance. Um, and the same goes for oral surgery. You certainly can do it. It's just, it's just not early on in my opinion, because your life, it, it, you're owned by somebody, but down the road, of course, I think it's very possible. Now, one of the things that I definitely try to make time for is leaving an hour of my day to working out. Now, this one hour of solitude, earphones in and world out, definitely provides the stress relief that I need on a daily basis. And I use this as a vehicle for personal growth. Now, you know, I find it very admirable while I'm scrolling through Instagram that you are very consistent with your cardio and your strength training right before you head to the clinic. Now, how has fitness impacted your personal growth or your career? That's a great question. It, um, I'll just say it like this. I would say without it, I think I would be pretty imbalanced. You know, I, I, did, I think that there, I would be confronted with stress, um, maybe some confrontation, um, some um, conflict. I'm not sure if, if, if I didn't work out, I would be able to handle it uh, or have the patience or th that's one. And, and then two, I think the physical demands of oral surgery, at least with me, I, I work five days a week and a lot of oral surgeons don't do that. Um, so it's counterintuitive. I work out, I get up early and it gives me energy. You know, so if I slept in, I'm not sure if I would have that type of energy. So actually going to the gym, working out, doing cardio, getting my heart rate up. And every day, I think that it, it gives me energy. Um, I know I know. a couple of months ago when we were snowed in and I couldn't, I, I mean, I couldn't work out. I mean, I just, whoa, I, I was, a, I, I felt different. You know what I'm saying? So I really definitely need it. There's no doubt in my mind. So, you know, it, 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 it just gives you a, and it also, it's not only your body, I think it gives you peace of mind and you kind of zone out. It's, to me, it's a form of meditation. And, um, and with working out, you know, um, I, with, with my cardio, you see me running up those hills. I really need a bang for my buck. You know, I only, I only have X amount of time, like 20 minutes to work out. So I can get on the treadmill for 20 minutes, but it's not going to give me the same, you know, the same, you know, what kicking that if I run up that hill once, because I, I, when I run up that hill once I'm, I'm sucking wind. I mean, I, it's, it's rough. And I do that five times and you would think I'm used to it. I'm not, you know, so that's a good thing. So um, I think that really, uh, that gives me a lot of, um, I guess, a lot of peace and energy to pretty much confront the day. Last but not least, as a junior clinician, we would have been working on patients now, but because of the pandemic, there aren't any face-to-face -face classes. Now, to be honest, I can't even imagine the feeling before starting a procedure on a live patient. So what are your thoughts on this? How do you deal with preoperative anxiety or performance anxiety? If there is a degree of confidence going into any situation, and that, that really that only that confidence can, you know, only you can find that, um, then, then performing, I, I think, becomes, I guess, less stressful. So... So how do you get that confidence? I think is pre preparing and, and then as much as you can. And then when you're in the moment, just let it go. 
whatever happens, happens, you know? And, and honestly, if, if, if I fail it, I fail it. If I don't, I don't. I mean, if it's on a mannequin, then, you know, it's not, not a big deal. And, and, I, and so really take, I guess, the importance away from it. And then just kind of, and just, and, and I think that'll bring your heart rate down. And, uh, and I think that would help, you know, for, from like your performance anxiety and, you know, and, and, and rehearse, you know, rehearse. And, um, if it's timed, whatever the case may be, do it the night before. So that when you go into your practical in your mind, you've done it before. And I know with, uh, oral board exams, that's exactly what I did. You know, we, we, we I would team up with a lot of, uh, people I would meet at the review courses and then we would just talk on the phone and then put ourselves in situations just and so so that when we were you know in front of the the board for one hour five one hour tests um that's a long time uh it, it felt like you were there before you know it, it would just completely feel like you were there before so it's good to have a little bit of anxiety because I think that, that kind of gets your heart rate up gets you focused but just you got to find that balance don't put too much emphasis on it you got I mean, the, the day of the test, let it go and just say, tell yourself whatever happens, happens, period. Now, one of the things that I've been trying to live by is fail early, fail often, but fail forward. Now, this may not be applicable to surgery, but should you seek failure? No, no, I, w I definitely wouldn't seek it. I mean, you should expect it. You know, I mean, Instagram is it's a platform where everybody celebrates themselves and i love the accounts david wong is one um where where you know you're going to report your failures i i get the most from those and i'm guilty of it too i just put my highlight reel up there but there's going to be failures i mean there's going to be failed implants there's going to be nerve damage patients and i wouldn't even look at that as failure i mean that's just part of it that's i mean there's textbooks called um complications in oral maxillofacial surgery i mean you, you don't look at it so much as a failure you look at it as what I'm going to do better next time, which is, you know, therefore the term practice, you know, so, so you're, you're not going to get a plus every day on everything. It's just some, some stuff's going to go good. Some stuff, not so good. And it's not all you, you know, sometimes patients, not everything is going to go well. And that's, that's, if you, if you, if you go into any sort of job or practice thinking that it's going to, it's going to have a rough time. You're going to have a rough time. And I tell people, like young doctors who are going into practice, I said, I said, one thing you should not worry about is um, like getting paid on every patient because you're not gonna, you know, some people like, the, oh my God, that guy owes me $50. And I just think about the $50, just, you know, just let it go. You know, it's just, it's just, just kind of big strides. And then it, it, it won't matter down the road. S same as with failure, right? You know, it's just, you're going to learn from complications and they're going to happen. Now, before we wrap things up, are there any last pieces of advice that you would like to give to our fellow dental students? I do wish you luck in your, in your journey to, to be an oral surgeon, general dentist, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, what you ultimately do will come to you and uh, asking questions is the right thing. You know, being around people, just getting all the information you can possibly get. And, um, you know, same with all dental students, just ask questions, educate yourself, surround yourself with what, what it is you want to do, and, uh, and the answer is going to come to you. Thanks for joining us on Tooth Untold Podcast. Always remember that your smile can make the world brighter. Stay safe and have a great weekend. See you next Friday.